Welcome to Cocktails and Capital, the working on your business podcast that feels more like grabbing a drink with your best friend. I'm your host, Sarah Tatum, that best friend. I'm the owner of Tatum Accounting, where we invite our clients to take a vacation from their bookkeeping. In this podcast, I'm going to give it to you straight. Talking points and vague tips, we don't do that here. There's a bunch of noise out there in the entrepreneur community, especially when it relates to finances. And when you're trying to run your business, you just don't have time for that. And I know that you would rather be doing literally anything other than recording expenses and logging into your accounting software. So I'm bringing you practical advice without any of the fluff, just like your best friend would. So turn the volume up, grab your gin and tonic, and let's dive into this week's theme. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Cocktails and Capital. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, Today we are going to talk about bookkeepers. We're going to talk about me, which we always talk about. No, just kidding. Um, But we're going to talk about bookkeepers today and how you can know whether or not you have a good bookkeeper. Uh, Some of the qualities that I think you should be looking for when you hire a bookkeeper Um, some qualities maybe that we don't want to see in bookkeepers that we're looking to hire, Um, and just maybe some surprising things that you didn't think to uh, review when working with your bookkeeper if you have one. Because we always want to be vetting the people that we're working with, right? We want to look at the product that they're producing. We want to kind of take a look and make sure that it's up to the standards that we've set uh, for the work that we're paying for. I will say on that note, something to think about when you're hiring out or contracting out, or even if you have an employee or something to think about when you're providing your services to others as well, is that life is all about the expectations that we have of others and the expectations that others have of us. Um, And in addition to that, the expectation that we have for ourselves to give to others. So it's just a lot of expectations and expectation management. And so it's a kind of struggle. Um, expectations are by nature, hard to manage. Um, it's hard to, you know, feel like you're letting people down if you're not meeting their expectations or if they're not meeting your expectations, it's easy to get upset with people for that same thing. So I will say these are like my qualities of good versus bad bookkeepers, but It's not the same for everybody and every bookkeeper runs their business in a totally different way. So this is not to say that, you know, just because you don't do one or two of these things makes you a bad bookkeeper in general and um, that we're better. We're not better than everybody. Um, We have our flaws too, but it is to say that when you are looking at contracting out or when you're looking at providing a service to people yourself, Think about the expectations that you have for yourself, and then also think about what expectations others might have of you. The gap in between that is what you have to manage. The gap is the hard part because you can't be everything to everybody and everybody can't be everything to you. So something to think about. That being said, we're just going to hop in. Um, The biggest thing for me as an accountant and as a bookkeeper is when clients ask why we're doing something, why one of our processes is in place, why we use a certain type of software, uh, 
that I can explain exactly why that software fits into our business. I can explain exactly why it's beneficial to them. I can explain why we did a journal entry the way that we did it or why we categorized something the way we did. And I think that's really important. Um, it makes you, you know, look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> but aside from that, it's just important to be able to explain yourself. If I'm mixing drinks together, I should be able to explain why I mix those flavors together, why I mix those ingredients, because it's going to taste good. And I know it's going to taste good. That's my area of expertise. And I can explain to any client that we have or anybody coming in off the road, why we would do something the way that we would handle it. Um, and it's, that is the level of consistency that we have throughout the business is I would handle something one way and Nicole would handle it the same exact way. Um, and anybody else that we hire would be brought up to speed on the processes that we have and the procedures that we have. And so everything would be handled in the exact same way. So that's the other thing is consistency. When you're looking to hire somebody to handle something that is as sensitive as your financials, you want to make sure that they are consistent. Not just that they are timely, but they're consistent in the way that they're handling your books. Um, they are consistent in how they're categorizing things. You don't have a huge advertising and marketing um, line item one month and then nothing in two months because they've moved everything down to subscriptions. So it's things like that. And those things, as we know, are going to affect your tax return as well because those get put on your tax return in the very spot where you categorize them or your bookkeeper categorizes them. So it's super important that we're consistent on how we're doing things. Consistent communication is also, you know, a huge positive. Um, we don't want to go a month without having a touch point with our clients. So we make sure that we at least get a touch point in within the month. Um, if you're not hearing from your bookkeeper for months and months and months until tax time, when they have all these questions to ask you, that's kind of a, a flag for us here at Tatum Accounting. Um, we are not going to wait an entire year to ask you questions because imagine you have a transaction in Feb February and I send you this list in January of the following year, asking you questions about your transactions in February and March. You're not going to remember what you did. I don't remember what I did last week. I don't remember what I bought. I block that all out. I just spend money and block it out. But <laughs> that is a big thing is the consistency of, you know, not only communication, but of data collection and of how that data is reported. So consistency is huge. Another thing is, aside from just being unable to explain why they're doing something the way that they are is generally being unwilling to explain why they're doing something the way they are. Um, I personally feel like if I'm paying for a service, I want to know why you are doing it the way you're doing it. And if you're not going to tell me why you're doing it the way you're doing it, then I just, I feel like either you don't know why you're doing it that way, um, which is totally a valid point. Uh, some people you know, they do things the way they do for years and years and years, and they never really stop to think about why they do it that way. If there's a more efficient way to do it, if there's a more cost-effective way to do it. So, and some people get a little bit apprehensive of sharing the secrets of how they do things because they don't want anybody else to go and do those things as well. But if I am paying my, you know, HVAC guy to fix the AC and I ask him 
how he's doing something or why he's doing something the way he's doing, I'm not going to go steal that knowledge and go form an AC company. I know nothing about it. I don't care to know anything about it. And I would bet that a lot of people who are looking to get their bookkeeping done and outsource that are not asking these questions so that they can go form their own bookkeeping business or that they can do their own bookkeeping. You've already put it in your mind that you want this outsourced. You don't have time for this. This isn't something you enjoy doing. So the thought of the question being a threat uh, to the bookkeeper is a flag for me. This is just a red flag episode. So (laughs) these are all flags. Um, Another thing that we're looking at is whether or not your bookkeeper is giving you any input on those financial reports that they're presenting to you. So one thing that we do here is we have a couple of packages. One of them has quarterly meetings, but monthly reporting. So while we may not have a face-to-face or, you know, Zoom to Zoom meeting every single month, we're touching base every quarter that way, we are still sending you monthly reports. And when you get those reports, if there's anything of note that I think you should look at, we're going to let you know right away. I'm not going to wait until July when the report came out in April. If there is a huge new expense that you're experiencing in April, if we wait three months, that expense could just grow and grow and grow. And so we want to make sure that we alert you know, the client to that at the beginning. But again, if you're just getting monthly or quarterly financials and no one is saying anything to you until year end when it's tax time, uh, you might not even look at those financials because it's not anything on your radar to do. It's not on your to-do list, it's not a priority. And that's totally fine. But if you get a message saying, hey, here's your financials. Also, we noticed this huge thing on your reports that you might want to take a look at. It's a little bit more of a um, incentive to look at your numbers and see what's going on. The next flag that we're seeing pretty often and something that I really want to bring up, and it doesn't seem important, but I promise you it is. Um, If you hire somebody to do your bookkeeping and they're matching transactions in QuickBooks, they're categorizing everything, you go in there and your bank feed is completely wiped out. That is fantastic and lovely. Uh, But if they don't reconcile your accounts, your bank accounts, your credit card accounts, your sales accounts, we can run into some huge issues uh, when we don't reconcile. The main one being we could have overstated or understated income and expenses. We've gone over this a few times, but what happens when we have overstated income is when we go to report that on your tax return, you have more income listed on your tax return than you really collected. And more income is more taxes, right? Same thing with overstated expenses. If we're claiming more in expenses than we can actually deduct and you were to ever be audited, you may end up having to pay back um, on excess deductions. And that comes with lots of penalties, lots of interest. So we want to make sure that we're reconciling so that way we can verify that we have captured everything correctly. The other thing with reconciling is that it ensures that there are no transactions that came through the bank that didn't come through the bank feed. The main reason that that might be is because of fraud. The other thing is if you have a bank that say might be a small bank or doesn't um, really work with QuickBooks very well, 
and the integration for the bank feeds just isn't there, you might have to manually enter those transactions into your QuickBooks. And reconciling is a great way to make sure that nobody double booked anything, um, that anything wasn't manually entered when it also came through the bank feed. There's a huge um, validity to reconciling, and there's a very, very big reasons to do so, mainly so that we make sure that your tax returns are correct. Another thing on this like tail of that reason is if you find that no one is investigating the issues that you're having. So if there are, you know, multiple duplicate transactions, why is that happening? Or are we just going to continue to let it happen? If it's something that's in like a process or a procedure, we want to make sure that we're amending that process and procedure or making recommendations to do so. Um, because it's generally, again, a difference in expectations, whether we expect the client to upload receipts and just leave them there, or if the client is expecting to upload receipts, match them, get the expense out of the bank feed, and then we're looking for it and it comes through the bank later and it's double booked. So lots going on inside of QuickBooks um, that we want to make sure that we're reconciling and investigating in order to make sure everything is right. We don't want to wait until the end of the year to make sure that everything is good to go. There's a short amount of time during tax season to make sure things are ready and make sure things are good to go. And as a tax preparer, and an enrolled agent, um, my time is limited. So we work with other bookkeepers, but we make sure that they send us reports that are good to go. We just can plug and play into the tax return and call it a day. Um, if it's not ready, we will send it right back and have it, you know, brought up to speed. So that way we can go ahead and throw it into the return. But you'd be surprised how, uh, selective we have to be about the bookkeepers that we do take tax referrals from because of the quality of the bookkeeping. So just be careful. Um, another thing is, and this is probably the biggest red flag for me. Um, if somebody doesn't provide you with access to your QuickBooks file or your WAVE file, your FreshBooks file, your Zero file, whatever you have your bookkeeping in, if you're with a bookkeeper or an accountant who doesn't give you access to your file, that is the biggest red flag of all time for me. Um, it is specifically stated in our contract, and I know in a lot of other bookkeeper and accountants contracts, that you have access to your financial data in QuickBooks at all times. It is not my data, it's not my numbers. Um, and it's, I would be weary if I ran another business and the bookkeeper didn't give me access to the bookkeeping. What are you hiding? Like, <laughs> what is the problem? Um, one thing that is a little sticky here is if your accountant uses QuickBooks desktop, because there's really no way for you to get a copy if you didn't set it up. Um, though you should have a copy. So we've run into this a lot lately. Um, people have switched over to us for bookkeeping and they say that they've never seen their QuickBooks file. And I find that to be absolutely mind blowing. So to be honest with you, if you uh, engage with a bookkeeper or an accountant and you never see your QuickBooks file, you never have access to it, I would simply run away. I would not engage. I would disengage. Um, that to me is a wild one. It really is. Uh, there's no reason for me to hoard your books and your information. I don't think that that's 
I don't think that that's ethical, to be honest with you. Um, I know that's a big, scary word, but I, uh, that, that is, that is my opinion on that one. Um, and the last two things I kind of want to talk about are more of like a sign of a good bookkeeper. Um, like an unexpected sign of a good bookkeeper. It's just something where we're going like above and beyond. So we've all heard of the term, the yes man, right? Somebody who just says yes to absolutely everything. Um, when you're providing a service to people and you want to impress those people, you want to meet those expectations, right? It's easy to say yes to everything that they ask for. But when we're working with things like people's numbers, people's financial data, it's very important to remember that we can't say yes to everything, especially things that we don't know about. I will not say yes if you have business in a foreign country. Um, it does not matter to me whether you do 80% of your business in the U.S. and 20% in a different country. I don't want to touch the foreign situation, right? Um same thing if you are in a certain state that requires income tax reporting on a quarterly basis or a monthly basis. I am not well-versed enough in that to accept that engagement. And I think it's important to know that when people say no to you because you're not a good fit, it's not because they don't want to work with you. It's because you're literally not a good fit for what they know how to do. So that is really important for me to get, you know, across to people. There's certain things that we just can't do. Um, In-store retail with inventory, we can't do inventory tracking in the store for you. Um, and we can track it after the fact, but the, res the big responsibility of tracking the inventory lies on the client. So it's important for people to understand, again, what the expectation from us to you is, what the expectation from you to me is. And if we can't meet those expectations, we're just going to have to say no. We're not yes men. So uh, I know in being in bookkeeping and accounting groups, a lot of people are coming to terms with that and not accepting engagements that they can't fulfill entirely. And the last thing is if they have really good network connections. So that's the part of the being the yes man or the not yes man. Um, we can't work on you know, state formations, entity election. It's not in my wheelhouse. I will not be filing paperwork with the state of Virginia for you to form your business. Um, what I will do is make sure that we follow the responsibilities that the state of Virginia assigns to you after the fact, like sales tax reporting, et cetera. But we have really great referrals in our network or sites within our network websites that do those things for you. Um, we don't do any legal advising. We don't do any legal work. So we've got really great lawyers that we can refer out to. Financial advisors. We are not retirement planners. Um, so again, I will refer you, out, refer you out to some really great financial advisors. Um, and just those little things like that. Benefits advising, HR, not my thing. It's not my thing at all. But I have a really great HR girl who I will gladly refer people to. So it's those little things. Um, not to doing things within your scope, within your wheelhouse, um, because we just want to keep the client and impress the client. And that's exactly how we end up not impressing our clients, right? So those are all my little points on how to make sure that you are getting a great bookkeeper versus maybe a not great bookkeeper. Um, and I will say it is rare to find anyone who is not a great bookkeeper. 
Um, but it's just a few points to look out for after you hire somebody and just make sure that they're doing what you expect them to do. But also make sure you're doing what they expect of you. And that's my last point on that. I just want to thank y'all for listening today. Uh, and I, again, it blows me away that I get to have a podcast and talk to people. Um, so I just appreciate the ongoing support and, um, yeah, just appreciate you listening to my voice every week. So if you enjoyed this episode, um, please make sure to take a screenshot, share it on Instagram and tag me. Uh, if you have any feedback, please message me or, you know, leave a review on the podcast sites. Um, if you hated it, just don't say anything at all. Um, or message me privately, but, uh, I appreciate you guys and I will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and follow Tatum Accounting on Instagram. You can also do us a huge favor by leaving a review. It's the best way to support us. Let's catch up next week. Same time, same place.